welcome to Building Boston and Beyond, an educational podcast empowering Massachusetts residents with information, updates surrounding the economic growth of their community, improvements to their neighborhood, and access to resources to enhance their quality of life. From discussions with public officials, businesses, organizations, and change makers, Building Boston and Beyond aims to inform and empower residents to have a voice, support each other, and join the decision-making process in their community. Here with us today on Building Boston and Beyond is Nikki Stewart, Executive Director of Old North Illuminated. Welcome, Nikki, and thank you so much for joining Building Boston and Beyond. Hello to everyone listening, and thank you for having me. So let's talk about your position as Executive Director. You oversee operations for Boston's oldest church, the North End's Old North Church and Historic Site. And it is approaching 300 years anniversary next year. Let's share with our listeners your mission, the exciting new changes, and educational exhibits underway. Absolutely. And you are correct. Old North Church is Boston's oldest standing church building. Listeners probably know it because of the famous lantern signals in in April of 1775. Uh, one if by land, two if by sea, that's us. <laughs> and so Old North Church has this dual identity in that it is still an active Episcopal congregation, and it is also a national landmark and a much visited historic site on the Freedom Trail, part of Boston National Historic Park as well. And so in my role as executive director, I'm on the foundation and historic site side of the house. And and my organization actually recently just had a name change from Old North Foundation to Old North Illuminated, which we feel really reflects our mission to inspire active citizenship and courageous, compassionate leadership by interpreting and preserving the Old North Church and Historic Site. That's wonderful. So specific to education, can you share some of the programs and creative ways introduced to educate and stimulate interest? Absolutely. So there are two aspects to our educational programming. The first one is I think what listeners are thinking of already, which is that we are an active historic site. People are here almost every day experiencing our interpretation and our educational efforts here at the church. When visitors come to us, they are able to take a self-guided tour in the sanctuary and that, you know, walks them through not only the story of the lantern signals and Paul Revere's ride, but also just the greater context and significance of the church. And it particularly introduces them to new research that we're uncovering about the church's early Black and Indigenous congregants who were a very important part of the church community. Visitors are able to take guided tours of the crypt and the upper gallery in the church, the bell ringing chamber. So there's a lot going on here. But we also have four classroom curricula that are available at no cost to teachers all across the country. And so we're able to reach thousands of children every year through that off-site and virtual programming as well. That's a great idea. And you have the kindergarten through 12. Yes. That's wonderful. What else beyond the educational component that you offer visitors? When I think about what we offer visitors, I think that what we offer at the end of the day is an opportunity to understand how our city and our country came to be what they are today. We are famous for one minute in history. It's, it's literally one minute. It could have actually been less, but we know it wasn't more. 
Because when you're hanging a secret signal from the tallest point in town, you don't want too many people to see it. <laughs> but we also have this greater context of, as you said, 300 years of history. And I think the benefit in studying history is to understand how we got to the present. Because otherwise, they're great stories and maybe they're interesting, but I always come back to, but what's the point? And I think the point is to be able to continuously understand more and do better. And I think we are most happy when visitors leave us in conversation, talking about what they've learned or saying, oh, I, I hadn't thought of it that way, or wow, I didn't know that little piece. And they leave us and they go to other spots on the Freedom Trail and it all builds and connects together. Exactly. So your mission requires support. And as a nonprofit, partnerships are key to fulfilling your goals. Who are your partners on some of these programs? First and foremost, we partner with the congregation. We're our own 501c3, so we're separate, but they are our closest and best friends, I would say. We are also part of Boston National Historic Park. The National Park Service is a major, major partner, both in the preservation of the church and capital projects, but also in educational programming and in making sure that we are connected to the other sites in the park. And then the Freedom Trail Foundation as well. The Freedom Trail Foundation, I would say, are just wonderful partners partners in marketing the trail, in promoting Boston to visitors, but also in convening the sites. And again, like building a really collaborative environment, which is so important for all of us. Exactly. As you prepare to mark 300 years, what lessons are you hoping your programs provide in today's world where inclusion and community activism are critical to positive change? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think there are two things. I think on a basic level, we want people to feel they do have the capacity to make a difference and to make change. And we want people to understand that change comes from both big and small actions. And so hanging lantern signals and breaking curfew and committing an act of treason is a very big action, but there are small actions that make a big difference as well. And so we want people to feel courageous and able to make the right compassionate choice, even when that feels challenging or difficult. But we also want people to understand what we call the paradox of Old North Church. The church really is seen as this great icon of liberty and freedom and independence. And yet the church has very deep and significant ties to colonialism and enslavement. And so it can be challenging to think about those two things together. That complexity really mirrors our nation's complexity. And so we hope that when people think critically about this paradox at Old North, that they understand that applies to our country as well. And we want people to understand that asking those questions or acknowledging that complexity doesn't mean that you are besmirching something. It doesn't mean that you're not a patriot. It doesn't mean that you don't love your country. It just means that you recognize the truth of the matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lastly, let's wrap up with getting our listeners to visit the site and how can they do that? Go to the website. How could they volunteer, possibly donate? I would say that anyone who's interested in visiting the church should check out our seasonal hours and dates of operation. They can do that at oldnorth.com. Um, we are open through the year end. We do have a new shop on our site this year that carries only small business made goods and gifts. And so if you stop by and visit the church, you can also get some holiday shopping out of the way as well. 
Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining Building Boston and Beyond. And it's exciting, your job. And we thank you for all the, the support that you provide and the work that you do. Thank you. Visit buildingbostonandbeyond.com to get a glimpse of our future guests and the many ways you can follow us on social media. Join us next time to hear the latest topics of discussion in Boston and beyond. Thank you.